Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends, you can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's how healthier happens together. Services vary by location. Prescriptions can be obtained at Pharmacy of Choice. Visit MinuteClinic.com for details. Ready for the interview and if you get a cue live on a laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto, doctor, D, PhD, hit the intro. Hold up, wait, gotta be social, network, global, a home for the local. Gotta be social, network, global, a home for the local. Um, I like the man bun that you're going back into the man bun phase. You look like you're a rock climber, like you're carefree or something. You're going to scale a mountain or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's, that's what I'm going for, too. And I got the body for it. Like, uh, I know we haven't met each other in person. I'm like long and lanky. Okay. And I can like move my body well, but I can't move like big weights well. So I was always like one of the smallest guys on the, yeah. like, I played baseball, right? So I was one right. of the smaller guys on our team. Yeah. And now, man, like, it's just an advantage, right? Like I got the reach and I'm not that heavy. And, you know, it's got like the, the thing I really love about it though, is the problem solving aspect. So I'm like super into bouldering, which is, I mean, you're not like, I'm terrified of heights, which is odd for somebody that got into rock climbing (laughs) to say, but I do a lot of bouldering, which is maybe only like 15, 20 feet up. Um, Yeah. And the routes are, have like, they're less moves, but they're more complicated. Mm. Um, they're supposed to be more complicated. And the problem solving aspect of that for me is like, it's amazing. Right? Yeah. Cause it, it combined, it's like high stakes problem solving with like, I can get seriously injured if I mess up. Right. So like the, there's that, that pressure aspect of it and the competition isn't against like other people. To me, it's more of an objective measure. Cause like yeah. the wall doesn't change at all the walls the same it, i'm different every time i climb it though yeah so that's what i like about it and you're different every time i see you <laughs> hey amen hey hopefully hopefully these changes are in a positive direction not oh, a negative yeah. one okay good yeah well how do you think you've changed since we first met it's been a while man Dude, where, where do i start uh because i i mean first time we met was on that uh that podcast app right that thing yeah, where spot we were, i guess yeah yeah, spot a guest. And I mean, that was, when was that? Was it two years ago? It was definitely pre-COVID, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. That's like... Like that's well before, it, right? I think. It was, it was yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah, 2018, 2019, maybe-ish. Yeah, man. That's, yeah, that was a, wow. Um, so, I mean, then I was, and not like I've changed much, right? I'm still a naive kind of like idiot sometimes, but... Um, <laughs> I'm learning more, right? That's, that's probably the difference is just, I'm learning a lot more about how the world works. Um, I mean, it's not easy starting a business with like your life savings and no experience in the field and no understanding of what it takes to either run a business or be successful in that field. And like figuring that out has, uh, I would say made me like better, but I'm still in my personal life. I'm still an idiot. So why not? (laughs) Oh man. So what's going on with the news, man? I mean, what's the donut evolving into as well? Yeah. So like news wise, the thing I've just been focused on, maybe frustrated with, so maybe that's why I've been focused on is like, when, when is the end date for the pandemic? Right. Or is there never an end date? Right. Because there are two possibilities. Sure. And what it seems like to me is we're still focused on we're going to eradicate this thing. We're going to eradicate everything. Like not everybody has to get it. Uh, Where I think the conversation should be is like it's here to stay. It's It's here forever. Right. What is the acceptable level of risk for us to go back to some sort of semblance of pre pandemic life? Totally. And the most frustrating thing for me, um, and I'm so glad we're able to kind of like drive conversation on it, uh, again, staying out of the discussion, but like just bringing up exactly what I brought up 
because nobody's talking about it. And that's so frustrating to me. Yeah. I'm with you. I think I said something like that today to one of my clients who were chatting. I was like, I'm pretty exhausted with everything right now. <laughs> this isn't like a, this, this side or that side type of thing. It's just a general kind of like, all right, man, like this is not polio. We're not eradicating this. Like this is going to be, it's an endemic situation for the audience. It's going to stay around. I'm pretty sure. So you, you think, gotta live, man. Yeah. Do you think some of it's like uh, kind of there's no purpose or light at the end of the tunnel or like end goal? Because mm -hmm. I think it would be completely different if the discussion was okay. Once we hit seventy five percent fully vaccinated, mm -hmm. right, we're good. Once we hit eighty five percent, like actually putting numbers on it, like one, yeah. once we hit a certain, and maybe there is, I just haven't run across it. But like, yeah. what's the what's the caseload on a daily basis? <laughs> Where the mask mandates, it's like the recommendation for mask mandates go away, or do yeah. they never go away? And why are we not? Again, it goes back to like why are we not having that conversation about the acceptable level of risk? <laughs> because it seems to be here, you know. Yeah. Um, frustrating, man. Like very that's, frustrating. That's, yeah. I feel the same way, honestly, and it's kind of like you're saying people aren't talking about that, which I totally jive with that. And it's kind of the same conversation. Uh, in, in another light, we don't talk about people taking care of themselves adequately either. I don't know. Like that just like completely went over like into this crazy range of like, how dare you talk about people and their health issues and stuff? Like, oh, I know, but that's like pre-pandemic. We had a huge issue with that. Why don't we talk about this? Like, you know. Yeah. It's a good, to me, it was, a, it's a good opportunity to, and I hate using this word, right? Because it might get taken out of context, but it's a good opportunity to rethink and relook at mm -hmm. things and yeah. why we were doing things in the first place. Because like I'm so used to, and I can relate this back to myself, again, started a company, I'll, I'm still working in it, right? I'm trying to yeah. get transition from working in it to working on it, but I'm still working in it. And while you're working in it, a lot of times it's hard to just step back and see the bigger picture and when you have really nothing else to do, you start thinking of these existential questions, right? Like, <laughs> why, 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 how? And no. it might be a good opportunity, again, because everything like stopped for a while yeah. uh, to just rethink about why we're doing things and how we can do them better. And no. to me, that's low-hanging fruit, dude. Like, low hanging you know, fruit. and it doesn't even have to be a lot. Uh, meditate five minutes a day. That's it. That helps your mental health. Go for a walk. I don't know. And you're, you know, you're obviously more on the exercise side. You'd know more about yeah. that than I do, yeah. but it doesn't need to be that much. Does it? No, <laughs> no, but I wish there was some parameters. It would help if you're like, okay, this level, this threshold, then you could, I think like there was like trying to do a little bit of that at some point in the beginning. And then it was just like, whatever, <laughs> this yeah. is like rules went out the door. Then it's like, it's just so messy you know and i think it was i had a conversation about this like when you start lacking trust in something you you will look for certainty in something else so if somebody says hey i'm certain that this is not going to happen or this you, you tend to run towards whatever's certain to you if you don't have trust in something you know yeah yeah and the trust in institutions uh i don't know oh. if it's just a thing that I keep consistently running into with people, but there seems to be a lot less of it than there was two years ago. Feels like it's at an all time low, regardless of who it is. Right. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. That it doesn't exactly even matter right. who it is. It's like in the, in the shitter, man. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you could put a monkey up there and it'd be like pretty bad, pretty bad. <laughs> But I mean, like that goes back to the existential thinking, you know, like you're stuck yeah. inside during the pandemic and you start yeah. to think you go, okay, these public officials who now have control over how I act, right, and how we all collectively mm -hmm. act together, who are they? And what are their motivations? Yeah. And you just kind of like dig a little bit into that. And the conclusion that I've come to is every, they're all the same, Republicans, Democrats, yeah. politicians are all the same because they're, they're, the they're all the same. <laughs> Newsflash, everyone. Newsflash. You can't right. live on all these sides. It's like pretty much the same. Seriously. <laughs>
Yeah. And you get into that and you go, man, like, who can I trust? Because everybody's got a special interest group that they need to, you know, appeal to. Everybody's got a side that they have to take. Everybody's, <laughs> you know, got to say the right thing on social media. It's like, yeah. it's all, it's all performative, right? It it's all performative. Yeah, and the yeah. performance distracts us from a lot of the thinking. I think, I mean, I did during the pandemic, which is like, who the hell are these people? Like, <laughs> who are they? And shouldn't uh, we, as just the, the people, like, shouldn't we have control over our lives, not these officials, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it, like the, going back to the idea of the constitutional Republic, like re representatives are supposed to work for the people. Yeah. And when you think about the system, they don't work for the people yeah. anymore, or maybe they never did to begin with. And that just, again, yeah. makes you simple. Is it, does you feel like people are questioning the kind of whole thing that we have going on in America on some level, like on all levels, like, hey, maybe this isn't the best thing. I don't know. I'm just curious. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think there's an element of that for sure. And if I had to put a finger on it, I would say at its root, it would be economic, mm. uh, the haves and, and have nots. And the rise of social media has made it easier for people to organize and kind of like amplify opinions. Yeah. And, you know, like the Occupy Wall Street thing, uh, like I hate to again say it because I'm not like a, I don't know enough about it to be a supporter or detractor, but they were sure. big on like the 99%, right? Like we are the 99%. Yeah, and yeah. maybe the information age and just having everything at your fingertips and being able to dig behind the curtain on a lot of things, which you couldn't really before. Yeah. Maybe that has something to do with it too. Yeah. Could be like, I'm starting to feel like all large institutions, people have a huge distrust of on some yeah. level. And it's kind of like, if you think about like social media companies or gigantic, large mega institutions, and people, at least from my observation, it feels like people are like, do we really like these things? Like, like and as the more information comes out, people start going, is this actually good for me? Like, this doesn't seem that it's that good for me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And also, you know, like as humans, as humanity, the amount of things we, the ratio of the things we know to the things we don't know is extraordinarily tiny, right? Like we're finding new things every single day that upend what we previously thought about stuff we thought was like solidified fact like they're yeah. finding there's a theory going out there now that the laws of physics like aren't actually the laws of physics really? it's yeah it's just part of a cycle right? hmm. so for a period of time the laws of physics apply and pre that period of time and post that period of time for scientific reasons i can't communicate or don't really understand yeah uh, it's different which hmm. like those are fundamental laws of science. <laughs> well, you know, science is only as good as the time you're in, pretty much. And, yeah. You know, if you, what, what was science in Galileo's time? You That's know, a good point. Yeah. What's science in today? What is science in 100 years from now? Maybe it's completely different. You can only trust what's in front of you currently. Ooh, you want, let's do some speculation. Okay, let's what do it. What do, you, what do you think science is going to look back on like we're doing today? We thought was, you know, solidified. We're like, if we do this thing, this is good. But then hundred years down the line, science is like, actually. Um, I actually think of space on lot this. I think we know almost nothing about space. I think literally zero pretty much. And I think we'll be very surprised about the results of space a hundred years from now and dark matter. And I think the jump off point is going to be the launch of the James Webb telescope in December, because not enough humans are making a big enough deal about this going into space. I really don't think people understand how important this telescope is to humanity's understanding of the universe. I think we've got it very wrong, honestly, right now. How could we know? Uh, like, don't just... Know thought exercise right like just a thought exercise the universe has been around for billions hundreds of billions of years yeah. and ever since the big bang and this is hubble's law the outer edges of the universe again something so expansive we can't even comprehend it the outer edges of that thing are 
accelerating, right? They're getting bigger. The universe is getting bigger at an accelerating pace towards the edges. Right. Wrap your brain around that for a freaking second. I'm like, <laughs> how in the how in the world, you know? And like, I think you're you're spot on too, because we also just covered something about the James Webb, and then what's hopefully that um, that at what comes after the James Webb. Yeah. And we saw incredible images with the launch of the Hubble, and like the James Webb is much more powerful than the Hubble. Times more powerful than. Yeah. Imagine the stuff for atmospheric readings from planets, like serious readings. We know nothing. We know nothing. And I, and I, but I think on Earth, probably we're going to look back and think, what the hell are we doing with fossil fuels? Like, what the hell are we doing? And why were we factory farm? Like, what kind of medieval idiots were doing this stuff? I think we're going to think that in the future. It's going to be crazy, I think. Yeah, I mean the the the, um, the factory farming. I think maybe you and I have talked about before. Like, I think yeah. that's going to be um, something that future generations look back on. You're like, what, what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah like, what, like, what were you guys doing? It's bar, it's barbaric. It's bar, you know yeah. It's, it's like really. <laughs> and, and I'm talking factory farming, right? So, because like my dad, so my dad just got back from uh, a hunt, uh, like a month long hunt, where he was trekking through the mountains of Idaho. Yeah. Um, hunting elk and that's not what i'm talking about right like that is to me like a very base um human like it's it's awesome and connects you with nature and in, in a way that people on the outside don't quite comprehend until they experience it i'm not talking about that i'm talking about factory farming right where i mean i saw videos uh, as recently as like three days ago of um no other word for it, just straight up animal abuse happening at uh, one of the dairy farms oh, where wow. workers, you can see them just like, like cowards would do to, to dogs maybe, right? Like just like kicking them oh. and like choking them out and tossing yeah. them on the ground. And they're just, yeah. they're, they're, and they're putting these pens and they're just like, there's not enough room. You know, yeah. like they're just not, and they're all on top of each other and you can see limbs exactly. poking out and they're just picking up these calves and just just right in there and i'm going how, how, how do you go home at the end of the day man yeah like I, I don't get that and hopefully that's something that you know we can we can work towards you know what uh, else doing a better think, job of. yeah yes. and i think you're totally on with that i think the science behind medication 100 years from now and what we view as medication will be drag i think we'll look back and go what are we doing prescribing all these opioids and all this stuff and like all this synthetic stuff? I think we'll be in like the future, but we'll also be living in this ancient past as well and more acceptance of the science behind more uh, entheogen type of drugs. I, I think we, we know what's bad for us, but we, I think in the future, the science behind it will indicate that we've been doing it all wrong and how we medicate people. Dude, you're gonna dig tomorrow's donut. And, really? Oh God, yeah. So wow. along along that same vein, there was a study published today in the National Academy of Sciences that uh, looked at the medicinal properties of a traditional Samoan plant. So it was a plant that traditional healers would make concoctions yeah. out of, and they would like rub the leaves of the plant on people who were feeling sick. And if you had a wound, they would rub the leaves on your wound. Yeah. And it was thought, again, for centuries to have helped. And it was used by traditional healers in ancient Samoa. And a native Samoan who worked at a university there was studying this plant for medicinal properties, properties and found out, again, these um, findings were published in a peer-reviewed journal. She found out that it was just as effective, if not more effective than ibuprofen at oh treating inflammation. Gosh. And get this, and it also has Parkinson's and cancer applications as well. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Actually. Yeah. How cool is that, man? I think we're like, just doing so cool. it all wrong. We're like making synthetic things when we could just be using what ancient civilizations use. We just, we like mock the past, like, of like ancient humans. It's almost like we have disdain for how primitive they were. Like we don't yeah. like celebrate all this ingenious things that they did to actually help us get to this point of being alive. <laughs> like, I think that's such a crazy misconception too. Like they were not primitive. 
They were no. fucking brilliant. And <laughs> exactly. by the way, scientifically, they had they had the same brains as we did. So if <laughs> yeah. they were idiots, we're also idiots. We're idiots. You know? <laughs> so it, yeah, it just doesn't like Roman concrete. We still haven't figured out Roman concrete. There was uh, terracotta in the Amazon. It was a soil created by um, ancient Am- Amazonian people. Still yeah. don't know how they created it, right? Like yeah, there's sure. stuff we don't know about ancient cultures that they figured out how to do things that we still don't understand today and we're like yeah these idiots they were writing with bamboo and freaking papyrus it's like yeah but they were also building these incredible structures like the hanging gardens of babylon the yeah. great pyramid of giza these incredible monolithic structures from like Bobekla tepe all the way to the yeah. amazon and like we look down on those people why do we look down on them it's like i don't get it man. okay so they didn't wear that. gucci or something is what is that it's like they didn't have they didn't have smartphones they're probably happy they didn't have smartphones <laughs> they, they were what was the what was the term uncivilized uncivilized was that, was that, yes is that the slant yeah. yeah i actually think too like uh the science i actually think there will, there will be no phones in the future i don't think there'll be smartphones any of that in the future I really don't. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I just have this feeling like the form of the phone is about to change. And I think uh, it just will be some type of probably nanotechnology or be, that sounds very conspiratorial, but th- I'm telling you, it's like, I just think <laughs> okay. it'll be like, we'll just merge with the technology. I think it's just inevitable at some it's, point. I really yeah. do. That's what Elon Musk says. That I think it's inevitable. I really do. I think the people... I think we're also too hooked on like this, this digital prosthesis at some point, like we're going backwards, companies creating flip phones. We've already done that. Why are we going backwards? <laughs> well, maybe it like, it can't be good for us. It's not. It can't be. Or, or here's playing devil's advocate. It just hasn't been around long enough for us to get acclimated to. Ooh. And if I we're playing more devil's, about that, yeah, if we're going down that road, then I don't think will ever be acclimated unless we get to the point of being able to merge with machines just because our ability to comprehend just the vast quantities and the amount of information that exists now it's over dude it's freaking overwhelming and like our brains as collectively have to have been rewired in some way or our you know or we've just discovered who we are at our basis nature yeah Uh, but just going down that path i think it has to be eventually to live in the information age and not be all messed up yeah. just with the yeah. pace of innovation. You have to be some sort of cyborg or have some sort yeah. of way to filter through all of it or just, you know, cast. I don't those. think we can keep living like this. You know, I mean, how many meta-analyses studies have to come out about the dangers of all this stuff and how bad people are feeling about themselves. Like that's to be some breaking point where society is like, we have to like do something about this. And I know, I feel like there's different entities that are always trying to do something about it. Um, I guess in my own way, I'm trying to do something about it too. Actually, I was going to tell you this last time. Remember, yeah. I was like, oh, off air, I'm going to tell you about something. And yeah, I yeah. never told you because I had to run. I was like, I got to go. But uh, I'm starting my own social media platform. And uh it's not like some big deal though. It's kind of like on another hosting on another platform. But the point of it is, is like kind of make the Atari version of social media, like super simple and also a paid, a paid version of it. So like in order to be a part of the social network, you actually pay for it. So, cause I truly believe like when you pay for something on certain instances, you pay more attention or you change how you behave in that environment. I think one of the weird things about social media is that it's it's free. I think it's I think it's kind of free weird that it's free on some level. And I think if you actually paid for it, you probably wouldn't have as I don't know this for sure, just a guess. You probably wouldn't have as much of the upheaval because people take things a little differently when you're actually investing money into it on a regular basis. So uh and I believe uh I think our future has to be a little more feminine energy based i really do on some level and what i mean that doesn't mean women that doesn't mean like oh it's like but i mean it's just more like the attributes of a feminine energy more humble more kind more nourishing soulful 
and I want to bring that to like a social media space type of thing. So I feel like I don't want to conquer the world. I just want to have like a tiny piece of a, of a something that creates a nice space for people who really are intentional about it and not endless amount of posting and weirdness and poor behavior and all this stuff, you know? I think you'll find an audience, man. I really yeah, do. There'll be somebody. There'll be some people, you know. Yeah. Have it's you not heard for everybody, of, you know. Have you heard of Minus before? What's Minus? It's uh, so it's, it's a social media app. It doesn't quite come from the same place, but it's trying to eradicate the evils of social media while yeah. still allowing people to be social. Yeah. And it only allows over your entire lifetime, you make an account it's tied to you. And over the lifetime of that account, you can only make 100 posts. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's it. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. It's once, kind of the same mindset. Once you hit it's your like, hundred, you're done. Right. Yeah. It's kind of the same mindset. It's like, Hey, it's treading. Okay. You got to have parameters to things. And I think the beautiful thing about social media is like, it started out as kind of this almost utopic idea of people connect. And man, I've met people like you because of it. Yeah. The people. But there's only so far you can go without like some tether. There's got to be some tether to some of this stuff. If it's just a free for all, then it's just like chaos, you know. And I like think we're living in the chaos era of it right now. Like, gotta have so other places like minus or um, my thing is it's called it's like f.em. It's kind of a radio station, this type of thing. Nice. M, but f.em. Yeah. It's kind of that whole thing of like, hey, we're gonna try a different approach to social media. This. We don't, we're not going to be the big people. We don't want to be big companies. We just want to have something a little more quality control and a little more, more nourishing and wellness centered, you know, making you a better person type of thing. Yeah. I like the way you're going about it too, is going to find success. It's like, I look at um, the, the news of Trump building his own social platform. Hmm. I go, good luck, man. Right. Like no. good luck because no. like what you're doing is you're being deliberate about building a smaller community. Yeah. You don't want to take over the world. No. The no. thing that no. people who want to take over the world are going to have to combat and it's going to be really freaking difficult uh, just because of its addictive properties is the network effect of these social media platforms. Talk about that, the network effect. So it's like if, um, so for instance, if I wanted to post something on a brand new social platform, who would see it? Right. None of my friends would see it. Right. If my friends weren't on the platform, if nobody I knew was on the platform, mm -hmm. nobody, nobody in my network would see it. Yeah. But yeah. the value of the social media platform is that it connects people together. Right. And if everybody's on the platform, it makes it that much harder for other entrants because you have the value of everybody, you know, sure. being on this platform, right. Your yeah. network's on that platform. It's not on this new one. Sure. So what the, the new one has to overcome is not only the addictive properties of social media in general and the algorithms, but that network effect. Yeah. And to overcome both of those, you need a, which he has, a vast audience mm -hmm. and a shit ton of capital and the ability to build the product and build the company successfully. Yeah. You know, all of those things. And yeah. that's not just laying around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I heard about Trump trying to do that. I was like, come on. <laughs> like, it's, I mean, and like, like, yeah. And to me, it just looks, and I hope it's not real. I hope they actually come out with a product. I like more people in the space. Right? I just like more competition. Yeah. And yeah, there's no CEO of the company. There's no plan. There's no product. And the stock has just absolutely skyrocketed, which gives people a lot of, capital to use and if you're somebody who was an early entrant into the company all you need to do is drive the stock price up sell yeah. it and you walk away with a ton of money yeah. without having to deliver any value <laughs> and crazy, i hope that's not like i really hope that's not the case like I, I i hope it's not but again i haven't seen a plan i don't know who the ceo <laughs> is and mm. regardless of what you say about the Trump administration, whether they got stuff done, which I think they got a lot of stuff done, mm. but it was chaos yeah. and chaos when you're building something that has all of the hurdles that I was just talking about is kind of difficult. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think just one, like one there's so much chaos. I think you, you can't live in a state of chaos constantly. 
without it affecting your health, your wellness, and a variety of parameters of your wellness. So I just feel like we're going to be at a breaking point at some point with all this yeah. stuff. And I think you have to have small entrance in with large entrance. You can't just have all these big guys, you know, it's kind of like you were saying with the news, you, well, you can't have like just these news organizations. You got to have other entrance into it. And yeah, I mean, some players don't want to, I don't want to dominate this space. I'm not in it for that. I just want to have like a place I want to be. <laughs> that I don't want to, and you know, in a select amount of people there that we don't have to put up with all the other bullshit. And like, you know, every, not everything's about like endless growth. I kind of have a problem with that on some level. I'm just, I'm not a huge, and I just don't like endless growth because I've, I've worked for companies that subscribe to that and you end up losing the heart and soul of why you started it. Generally, there's no quality control anymore. And any big company, the person at the top has no clue what's going on in the entry level anymore. They completely lose. I just don't like that. I never liked that. Yeah. Yeah. I, is there a fix for that? Like, I don't know that they're... How do you fix I'm, that? I'm talking... Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know. Because going back know. to what you said earlier, large organizations, flawed. People don't really trust them because they're not the most yeah. efficient. Like, I've worked at a big company. My dad worked at a big company. Yeah. I'm sure you've worked at a big company. Mm -hmm. Like, people at big companies understand how inefficient and bureaucratic it is. But <laughs> they like, just keep doing is, it. <laughs> yeah, but, but is there another... Is there a different way? Because right? yeah, but... I was going to say to contrast that you have companies who talk about doing it differently. So like a WeWork, for instance, or an Uber <laughs> in the early days or an Activision Blizzard, right? Yeah. Like you, you kind of see a theme here. Yeah. Right? It is like the theme of these, the companies where they were doing something different and they had like this counter culture, but it comes out after the fact that that counter culture wasn't a great place to be in. No. So <laughs> I don't know if they're, I don't know if you can have the, the two right? or know. is there a better solution? I don't, I don't know. I think like it goes against a lot of, America, which is like capitalism and, you know, get big, get wealthy. And there's nothing wrong with getting big, getting wealthy and making money. I don't, I think sometimes when, when like, maybe like how I'm speaking, somebody may say, you're a very anti-capitalistic person. Like, no, let's get clear. I like money, but I've also done a lot of digging and looking into it. And in, from my own anecdotal evidence research, I'm not sure it makes a lot of sense to pursue that constantly though. Like there is a certain level where, but it's hard for asking human to like, Hey, you're at this level. Stop. Right. Right. Because and then the conversation you, becomes like, yeah. Yeah. Then you're like, no, I can make more. I, I, say, I can make more. Exactly. But when does it stop? Yeah. Like that's, how yeah, much more does it add to your life? If it's more and more and more, when does it become negative for your life you know oh yeah and an individual level like wholeheartedly man like i see i mean we run in circles too we're going through a capital raise now uh -huh. and some of the people we run into you know like we just say no to on principle um just because we don't drive with them and the value i just i know there has to be a stopping point right because I could get to the level that they're at and it might be a super arrogant to say arrogant thing to say, but like, I believe I bust my ass to get to where they're mm -hmm. at, but what I would have to sacrifice to get to that level yeah. is not worth it to me because I feel like I would lose a little bit of my humanity. Yeah. And I would rather be happy with myself at the end of my life and less rich than yeah. rich and miserable, you know? And that trade-off is like, uh, I, I think what you're saying is totally spot on. Man. Yeah. It's not anti-capitalistic at all. It's just like on an individual level, yeah. there has to be a stopping point because not having a stopping point is unhealthy. <laughs> I mean, if I think about maybe like, did Mark Zuckerberg ever think of that? Did Larry Page ever think, you know what I mean? Like these guys, did they ever think like, well, this is enough. And I think what we learned is it's never enough. It's kind of like I compare it to fitness and wellness. You'll never look as good as you want to look. Even if you look amazing, you'll still keep striving for this untouchable look that you're going for. And you'll do everything for the next amount of looking better, but you'll never look good enough in your own mind. And I feel like it's a similar thing. You may make so much money, but it'll never be enough money. It'll always be 
I need more money. You know, it's like, and there's a point where it's like, there's tons of evidence out there on this and that when you reach a certain point, you start losing your empathy for people who are not in your bracket anymore. And you start having this sense of like, you can't identify what it's like to like have very little or to have kind of a middle class means like you, it's difficult. You ever have friends and you start growing apart from the friendship? Oh yeah. Start becoming different people. It's hard to identify with each other. I don't think we think about that enough. It's it's great to make money. It just like, and that was my whole thing with the thing I'm doing is like, okay, I want to have like a hard stop, just like a hard stop. Like this is it. No more entrance and like actually follow through with it because I think somebody needs to do that to show as an example of it. Like, no, that's it, man. Game over. (laughs) Dude. I I think it needs to be an example. That's a, that's a fine line to walk between like being accepting yourself completely for who you are, but still being motivated to do stuff. Yes. Like that's, that's a very fine line to walk. And I mean, for me personally, it's a very tough one. I I think it would be so tough. Yeah, it's yeah. so tough because like that's what when it comes to, to the rock climbing, that's what drives me is like I'm not as good as I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm it, it's it's an endless pursuit of perfection. But I yeah. think the trick for me, at least when it comes to rock climbing, is understanding that perfection is an unattainable goal and then finding yeah. joy in the process. Yeah. I I I I love that you're by the way, I love that you're rock climbing. I think it's like it is exuding out of you, Peter. <laughs> Bro, you see me scaling up walls like a freaking Spider-Man. Yeah, I could tell. Like, you come on here, I could see you growing. And that's that's the beautiful thing about knowing somebody for a long time, watching them change, hopefully in a positive way. The bad thing is if they start going the other way, you're like, wait a minute. What happened to you, man? <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. And, like, just being able to, to connect with you, see what you're up to. And, yeah, I mean, during the pandemic, I'm not gonna lie, man, like with what I was doing, starting a company and then that doesn't make you many friends. It loses you a lot of friends and then you don't have time to nurture yeah. some of the relationships that were kind of on the, like you mm-hmm. have to know who's important to you and you need to nurture those relationships. Yeah. And with that, man, like I did a terrible, I did such a bad job of that when um, starting the company. So like finding like people like you who I talk with consistently, yeah, kind of yeah. call you a friend, a good friend, right? Like yeah. I enjoy yes. our conversations and I love hearing what you're up to, listen to your podcasts, understanding like what you're learning, what you're interested yeah. in, and just the same thing for some of the other mentors in my life. And like, that's kind of what kept me sane during the pandemic, man, even that's though it was great. virtual meetings, it's just like being able to get on and talk with people who I find interesting and who challenge me. It's awesome. I think that's always been your your deal. Ever since I saw your profile on Spot, I guess I'm like, this guy's an interesting dude. Like he he definitely is inquisitive. And yeah. I wish wish there was more of that with people. I I found that I reach I I do the same things I've always done. I send out a lot of like, hey, I'd love to chat with you. I'd love to meet with you. No agenda. And uh, more than ever, I just think people don't respond to it. They just, they don't even give you the courtesy of saying, I don't want to. They're just like, eh, into the ether. <laughs> that goes, whatever. And uh, I used to at least get people get back to me. Now it's like radio silence, man. It's like, okay, we have a problem here. You know, people are fa- crawling inside themselves. They're worried about other people and what they're trying to sell them or something or it's like, no, man, it's, it's almost like it's falling apart. Just normal connecting with people, you know? Yeah. I, I wonder how much of it is the, um, just the pandemic, right. Being n- not able to be in person with people as much yeah. as usual, just, uh, on, there were some political things posted on either side by people who you probably yeah. were like unfriend, right. Or people unfriended right. you for your beliefs, like there's, there was a lot of that, um, I saw and it's, it is, it, I mean, it's really frustrating, man. Cause it, it yeah. does feel kind of like everything is falling apart in certain ways, but then I look at a lot of the, the positive stuff going on in the world again, like our stick of the company. And I go, well, yeah. how much of what's going on is like manufactured hype 
and how much of what's going on is real. And by what I mean, like manufactured hype, I mean, people taking things out of context, blowing things out of proportion, just straight up disseminating lies for like, that's kind of, that's, that's more what yeah. I'm talking about. Um, yeah. It, it does seem like everything's falling apart, but then like, I see these, these little signs and there's a wave, man, I'm telling you, like, I think there's a wave coming because what's happening, that's at least in the information space is, um, everybody's switching to a paid subscription now in the news space everybody is and putting quality content behind paywalls first off i'm not a fan of but what's happening now is and similar you actually gave me this idea to look into Mm -hmm. this similar to to your health and fitness um shtick which is like the same amount of people over the past three decades have participated in activities like that's that's constant so it's the same thing with people paying for news the same exact thing it's 20% of people, 20% of people over mm-hmm. decades now, hasn't gone up, hasn't gone down. Yeah. 20% of people pay for news. So if news orgs under the concept of infinite growth are chasing paid subscriptions, what are they going to do? They're going to niche their content down to speak to a specific persona. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to just overwhelmingly try and serve that persona. Yeah. And what we're focused on, what's driving all of this is the 20% of people who pay for news. Yeah. And those 20% of people who pay for news have certain characteristics that the majority of us. What, what are those characteristics? I'm, I'm, I would love oh, to hear that. Uh, a lot of it is interest, uh, overwhelming interest in politics. Right. So like <laughs> somebody who, and I, I don't find it as much with like sports fans. Yeah. Right. So, so maybe it's kind of like a sports aspect to it mm. where it's like, I'm supporting my team, right? Whether you're mm. Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter. So there's a certain semblance of that. There's an education aspect, right? So people are typically like heavily educated, um, at least by collegiate degrees. I see, uh, I see. Traditionally, a little bit more on the left-leaning side um, and also older. Mm. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I think it's, it just makes me think of the reality that people are living in. Like there's definitely good stuff happening, but if you're spending your virtual reality in a weird environment all the time, you just don't see it. You know, it's like, and you don't almost, you often don't see the actual real lives of people. And that's, I think what's at, a, at the crisis point of all this how many people of all the people you see, do you know actually what they do on a daily basis? Like, yeah. I, I, you know, unless you actually physically spend time with them regularly or you chat with them, you just don't know what's actually happening. And what, what is often is just this, this, this manufactured existence online, which is actually nothing like the real existence. Yeah. It's like, we're in this matrix, we're in the matrix stage right now. <laughs> in the matrix <laughs> movies coming back just in time. Really? Just in time. Yeah, part four is coming back. Like in oh. December 22nd, it comes out. Is I did Keanu? a plug. You're welcome, Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> is Keanu coming back? Like, he what's, is. What's Everybody's back. back yes. Man. Oh, it's, my God. It looks like it's going to be amazing. But it's kind of like, what happens if, if most of reality is the Matrix and nobody actually knows what the other, the real world is? I... It hurts my brain, man. Yeah, I feel like most I mean, of it's the matrix. I mean, you ever go through any of these sites? Most people only make themselves look amazing. <laughs> this stuff, oh, yeah. You know, oh, it's yeah. like- oh. so a little, little actually uh, thing there. I've gotten pretty good at figuring out when the facade is actually like what's going on behind the facade. Okay. Because you're a thousand percent right. Like people present the best version of themselves on social media. Yeah. So like you'll look at somebody's life and be like, oh, my gosh. That's freaking amazing. Like they, were, they were in Hawaii last week. This week they're in Chicago. They're in San Francisco the following week. Like, oh my gosh. And you look at that. And then what I've gotten good at is I'm good at pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. So whenever I see people's posts consistently and I see a change or something that differs from the norm, that's when I poke a lot. So like I've been able to predict, and I'm going to toot my own horn, uh, not in a good way, but I've been able to predict uh, divorces with like really dude with a startling amount of accuracy come on yeah (laughs) 
you're just running a mathematical equation in your mind or something dude i like i don't know what it is it's just uh, maybe i'm like a human calculator when it comes to this oh. stuff because like you look at just little stuff like did people change their profile name to de-emphasize their last name yeah, yeah uh yeah. did somebody used to post pictures of their partner all the time mm. and they haven't for a period of time yeah are they spending an overwhelming amount of time with their friend group? Are they spending yeah. an overwhelming amount of time traveling and finding themselves? Yeah. And like there's just a lot of those little breadcrumbs yeah. that get yeah. left. And the only reason I'm able to predict it is like, I know the people, I uh, if I didn't know the people, it might be a little more difficult. Yeah. But still, no. That's interesting. Too, too accurate, dude. I'm just too accurate. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how we're creating a more narcissistic version of people on a regular basis. And uh, I don't think that's sustainable. I really don't no. think it's sustainable. I think it's, and I actually think like really young people uh, are going to be the ones to change it because I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I have more faith in younger people than maybe a lot of older people do. Um, but I really think like if you, I talk to a lot of, teen, I train teenagers, I talk to a lot of, like they're not on Facebook and stuff like that. They're or meta, yeah. whatever the hell it is now. They're not doing yeah. this stuff. It's, it's really like a lot of people my age who are screwing all this stuff up, doing weird stuff, man. Like the younger people, they're just like, that's lame. <laughs> I'm not doing, I don't go on so, that stuff. So I'm on, I think they do similar stuff. So stuff that scares me, but also stuff that yeah. really gets me excited, but yeah. they're in different spots, right? So like, I'm, and our audience is under 34, which is yeah. like, I have to be, I, you know, I have to understand a little bit of what's going on in that demographic. Yeah. TikTok, bro, like freaking yeah. overwhelming. And it's amazing, by the way. I think I've told you before. I oh, rationalize it as market research. <laughs> I hit my hour on that thing every oh, single day. Oh my gosh, day, man. Every day. And what kind of scares me about that is the trust the younger generation has in algorithms. Like it's an overwhelming amount of trust. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And by empirically, by pool numbers, they're willing to give up personal information to give the algorithm more information <laughs> to go off of to serve up better recommendations. It, yeah. it could also just be a comment on privacy, right? Like maybe privacy yeah. is just a, an illusion at the end of the day, but maybe. the algorithm is making decisions for you. That's number one. And then this also exists with everybody, but like a, a certain mob mentality without experience. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of, that kind of terrifies me, but also at the same time, like I speak in front of classrooms all the time, like teachers overwhelmingly are on our list. We have like tens of thousands of teachers on our list. Now we reach tens of thousands more students every single day. Yeah. And I speak with classrooms all the time and they are asking all of the right questions. They're excited about the future. They include everybody. They do, they have more of the, the femme, right? The femme. They do. Energy. That's why they I mentioned it. Do. It's inevitable. Yeah. And I think it's good. It's not just yeah. an inevitable thing. Oh, let's just get into it. I just think it's, I think it should be. I yeah. think we have these dinosaur ideas of things. We need to obliterate them on many ways, but we also like need to recognize that an 18 year old, a 22 year old will one day potentially be like a 45 year old, a 50 year old, and how they think about life will be drastically different than how they think about TikTok right now. I guarantee you, man, it's just, yeah. And so like that lack of experience, I think is a huge hindrance to younger people because they often think like, this is good. No, it's good for the information that you have currently. <laughs> like, but is it good for the long-term? And I think that's what we miss. And I think that's what ancient people understood more than we do. They invested in hundred year projects, 50 year projects. This is for the good of people coming after me. A lot of people don't give a shit about that type of thing anymore. And I think it's a bad idea. I really think it's bad because it doesn't take, I think I, I have this thing. I've been touting this big time. I think one of the biggest problems of our current society is not toxic masculinity. It's toxic individualism. What it is. I think mm -hmm. that more and more people are too into their own fucking selves too much. And they, they like, it's at the point where it's like, only what I do matters. That's it. Yeah. I don't care about anything else. It's all about me. Let me this. Let me do me. I'm gonna do me attitude. 
Yeah. It's toxic. It's good to be an individual and to have your own thing, your own swag, be unique. But it crosses a barrier when that's the only thing that matters is to you, is you. That's, that's where I think we're in. And I think it's a big problem. Selfish. Absolutely. Selfishness selfish. is on the rise, man. Huge, oh, yeah. huge oh, selfishness. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. literally, seriously, TikTok, I know you're on, but like, how can you make a video of yourself every single day? How could you document your life constantly? You know how narcissistic that is? <laughs> I'm like, you know, listen, yeah. I didn't even want to do that with my kid when I when we had. I'm like, this is too much. <laughs> you know, parents take too many pictures of their kids. You're like, anyways, I don't want to see your 900th picture of your of your two-year-old. And it's like, and it kind of wanes off over time. You don't take as many pictures of your kid because you're like, okay, I don't know. Maybe weird for me to have like 8 billion pictures of this person, you know? <laughs> But now like adults do that. All they do is document every single second of their life. I'm like, I don't know, man. Something not good about that. You know? do, you, do you think it'll be weird for the kids growing up knowing that bathtub pictures, everything when they were younger was posted online and might still be there? I think it's bad. And actually, it's one of the reasons why I never post anything about my daughter because it's her life. Why does she want that out there? She didn't give me permission to do that. But how many parents you see posting their kids' lives constantly on the internet? They probably didn't ask them if they wanted that. You know, there's a uh, there's a friend of our family's who sends out a Christmas card every year, and I'm yeah. sorry if you do this, so I'm gonna make fun of it. No, I don't do it. But, I don't do it. Uh, well, not sending a Christmas card, but the what they do with the Christmas card. This family writes a, it's typically around two or three pages of uh, single space, two or three pages of an update of everything them and their kids have been up to over the past year. Yeah. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I don't give a shit, man. Like, <laughs> like I just, I really don't. And that, that might be the selfishness aspect of it for me. But like, also, also, who are you? Who are you to think I care? <laughs> See, that's the problem with the internet. Everybody thinks everybody else cares about their stuff. <laughs> like, oh, you care about my stuff. You know what? You're going to get another video of me shaking my ass. You care about yeah. my ass. You care about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I mean, I know you understand too, like how difficult it is to get attention in today's day and age. <laughs> like it's, it's so difficult, right? Because like, it's yeah. so hard to get people to care about shit. And it is. It's, it's a finite resource, man. It really is. <laughs> and like, that's, that's kind of what I've like, I've been focused on that a lot too. Just <laughs> we have a finite amount of time and we have a finite amount of attention. And there are at this moment, infinite demands on both. Yeah, so like, true. I don't fault people for saying no. Like there's, you should be either. saying no more. You should say yeah. more. I say yeah. yes to less stuff. Like don't overextend yourself so much. <laughs> yeah. I heard this interesting commentary of kind of, it was kind of like climate change. And it was like how young people are leading climate change and stuff. And like, oh, that's great. You know, but young people are also obsessed with like Instagram and, and, and like, you know, Kylie Jenner and stuff. It's like, it's kind of a two-faced thing. Don't you think it's kind of like, it's like excessive greed, but the planet is like, it's like, old people destroyed the planet. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I love, dude, I love finding those little, uh, cause I'm all about objective standards equally applied. Yeah. And in my business, you don't find those a lot, right? Like people flip-flop all the time, all the time. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in that. Again, if you have a way of doing things, you should apply it to every single situation. Yeah. And I, I find great joy and pleasure in pointing out hypocrisies. In our <laughs> so, so please keep going. Keep yeah. Going. It's just a lot of hypocrisy. You know, it's like, oh, we, you guys ruined this. Well, you're ruining it, ruining it too. You know that. It's not like you're any better. I mean, you're ordering Uber Eats constantly and getting... <laughs> talking about you're consuming more than ever <laughs> like what are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? yeah and that, i mean it's a lot of i mean and that's a, a thing too is like a lot of the prevailing narratives that i grew up with haven't turned out to be you know haven't turned out to be accurate yeah. at all right. right so you know like recycling for instance and i'm gonna get i'm gonna get so much flack for this but you want to know what happens to that plastic <laughs> bottle when you put it in that trash bag 
usually majority of them it gets put on a barge shipped to china where it yeah. gets either burned or buried yeah how's yeah. that for recycling i know that's that's oh. not recycling you're do you're just taking trash from one place and you're putting it in another place right. like the concept of recycling is amazing and we should be doing more of it but the reality of recycling is not how it's been sold to us right yeah most definitely yeah. there's just all types of hypocrisy going on it's yeah. just kind of funny to me and I just think we're in an age where it's like, there's just a lot going on. And uh, you're right, people, you should say no to more. I definitely say no to a lot of things. I'm a big no person. And uh, I think it's okay. And the things I want to be into, I'm into. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, I was on the social media real early, man. I was like, man, this is good, but it's got a potential to be really bad. <laughs> I remember thinking that. Like this was right after MySpace. I was like, okay, I like learning about new bands and records. This is like good. And then after that, I was like, we're going into the bad phase. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Dude, can we go back to that utopic internet phase? I know. How great was that when like people just chatted with each other and there wasn't, nobody was trying to like cancel each other all the time. Like you said, I'm, you're going to get rid of you. I'm like, wait a minute, like this. And that's the other thing I think that part of this whole thing is everybody wants to be the, the police, their own yeah. personal police with other people. And nobody has chances to rise up and become a better person. It's like a real problem. Again, it's just so selfish, man. It's like, I want, because people want to feel validated. They want to have control in their lives. So they're like, you know what? The internet gives me the control. I can control people with this thing. And that's why I was like, we're entering the bad phase. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We're in the and bad the, phase, man. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Is there going, so, okay. So here's the question. Cause this could be, this could be good. The AR. So, or the metaverse yeah. rather. So the metaverse yeah. is coming. Yes. Will there be a utopic age of the metaverse or are we just like done with these utopic online phases? At all? I don't know, man. I, I, I think we're done. <laughs> I think we could be, I think maybe a small window, but I think people have realized the power that they wield with this stuff. And uh, unless there's, you know, it could be good if it's rolled out with a lot, with some good parameters. If it's a free for all, just bad phase to next bad phase, I think, you know, it can't be a free for all. Life cannot be a free for all. Like it has, to, you have to have parameters around things, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, I, I love eliminating parameters. So. You got to so, have parameters, so. man. You can't like just have like, see, parameters are a good word because it's not like you got to have rules or you got to have like censorship. No, you just need to have parameters. They don't need to be too tight, but you got to have some parameters. You can't just live in a constant state of chaos, just like your body can't live in a constant state of stress. What happens? You get sick. You develop chronic diseases. You cannot you cannot be at war forever either you, you just can't and that's currently we that's what we're doing we're trying to be in this conflict phase constantly it's going to backfire man bad phase can only last so long i'm telling you <laughs> there's a uh, have you ever seen the movie the emperor's club no it's a phenomenal movie it's kevin klein and emil hirsch and it centers on a all-male boarding school in the northeast mm. okay and kevin finds a, a teacher character and the movie opens with him rowing on the river hmm. that's um, adjacent to the school yeah and dubbing over it is um i had only discovered one certainty in life uh days when i spent my mornings rowing were better than days i didn't and i really took that to heart because what I'm finding, chaos is everywhere. You're not going to be able to stop chaos. More people are just going to going to come out of the woodwork, right? Like seven billion people were turned into so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Chaos is here, but what you can do is you can escape from the chaos, find your own sense of solace. So for me, that's my morning routine. Going yeah. back to that quote, and that's what kind of centers me amidst all of the chaos. Because if you yeah. don't have a center. It's like you're a pirate ship in the middle of a storm, dude. Yeah. It's just being buffeted in all different directions. Yeah. And you have no anchor. You have no place to retreat. And you yeah. need to have that place to retreat. I 100% agree. And I think that's one of the other things that's lost on a lot of people is yeah. just, they don't have trust in stuff. They don't have an anchor or a center 
that gives them their coping mechanisms. So they just fall into, you're seeing a lot of people fall into weird stuff because they literally have, they have no foundation. It's just literally brittle walking all the time. So it's like, you know what? The earth's flat. Sounds good. <laughs> I don't got any other shit going on. Wait, it's not. It's not, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, dude, I thought you just fell, I thought you just fell off the edge. I fell off. <laughs> man. Listen, man, Peter. space was a lie. I thought all of everything. I know was it's a lie. I'm sorry. It's I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. But listen, <laughs> man, I have to run, but I appreciate you always. And I'm looking forward to next time we chat again. Right back at you, my friend. Always right, a pleasure. You got it. Next time someone needs to send you money, tell them to use Zelle. With Zelle, the money goes straight into your bank account, and it typically only takes minutes between enrolled users. And even if the sender uses a different U.S. bank, it still works. Plus, Zelle is already in over 1,600 banking apps, so you probably won't have to download another one. By the way, make sure the sender has your correct U.S. mobile number or email address so the money goes to the right place. Look for Zelle in your banking app today. Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit, even on evenings and weekends. You can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's how healthier happens together. Services vary by location. Prescriptions can be obtained at pharmacy of choice. Visit minuteclinic.com for details.